Welcome back to For Whom the Bell Trolls. I'm Jolly. I'm Wolfay. And I'm V. Yes, this is V. We told you that we had a brother named Ballstad who just... Let's see, he appears. Yeah. We actually decided <laughs> to bring him onto the show today. This is actually our DM for the Elder Storm campaign, which, unfortunately for you guys, well, actually, better for you guys, we're pushing that back till after the first of the year, just to make sure that we give the best content possible. That's, we all decided on that. We're and totally not at all stalling for time. Oh, no, not really. We're, no. we're actually And I'm totally better. an actual DM. Yeah. It definitely is. You should read some of his books. Yeah, it's pretty good. But today's discussion is something kind of fun. We're going to go through uh, backgrounds. Yeah? What kind of backgrounds? Character backgrounds. Oh. You know, like... like purple ones or blue ones or... Well, yeah. More I mean, like legal ones and illegal ones and religious ones and all those other controversial all right. ones. Alright, so yeah. you clearly seem to know the most about this topic. Go ahead, V, start us off. Oh, well, there's a whole bunch of different backgrounds. You can find those in the Player's Handbook and various other books that I probably haven't looked at in a while. Um, you have your more basic ones like Acolyte, which is your base raised by the church. You have your noblemen, kind of just throwaway noblemen. Sailor, with the pirate feeling sometimes if you want it. Various stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. It's pretty good covery. I mean, you got Criminal. Criminal. Yeah, as he well. already knows more than I do. Yeah. I mean, and Criminal. That's why he's the DM. Criminal yeah. also has Wolfface's favorite, the spy variant. Oh, absolutely. Well. The <laughs> yeah. spy variant of the criminal background is actually my character in your game, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yes, it is. Yes, exactly. And mine is the world's Urchin. greatest spy. Urchin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really nice. It adds a little bit of flavor. And it's something inside of the player's handbook that we can actually utilize, you know? So, you know, how do we... Uh, how do you usually go about it, you know, when making, like, maybe as a player? Like, what what makes you decide that, okay, this is the background that I want? Or do you go background first and then build a character from there? I usually come up with a base idea for a character, and then I'll try to give them a background, like... If I have a cleric character or a paladin cleric, he'll most likely be an acolyte background or something obvious like that. Hmm. But sometimes if that's not necessarily his most defining feature, like this guy may have been poor and he became a cleric because he joined the church out of survival, well, he'd be an acolyte. But if this guy was like a crusader who was religiously devoted, well, he may have like a noble background or even a sailor background. Okay. Simply because it fits a more pronounced aspect of his character. Okay. And, uh... Yeah, that's, that's actually uh, now, pretty nice. to kind of curtail off of that a little bit, we're going to piggyback. Do you like to, personally, like as a player or as a DM, do you like to start with a character and then choose a background? Or do you like to kind of have your background figured out before you start building something? Like you start with the smaller steps and then lead up to something. I, I think <clears throat> it just depends because sometimes, I, I'm like everyone else, I steal some at least some portion of my ideas from someone else. Like, if I see a really cool character in a show or a movie or something, I'm like, hey, I want him to be a character. In which case, sometimes he comes with a ready-made background, and I just plug in an existing one. For some of the more random characters, you got to get a little bit more creative and chop up and make a background. I understand. Yeah. The reason I ask is because sometimes backgrounds, to me especially now, because I've spent so much time playing other versions, and now I'm really trying to immerse myself completely. Now yeah. that 5th edition has been out for 30 years, I figured pretty start now yeah. um, <clears throat> a lot of the times the background doesn't particularly matter to me 
a lot of the times I'll kind of default to uh, the soldier background, like yeah. especially for my clerics or stuff like that, or uh, I have a monk. It's just, to me, it's extra flavor if you want it, but personally, like as a player, I don't always see the need for a background. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's definitely something that you would have to... It's something we all have to kind of work on because it is a new concept right. for the most part. I mean, before it was just like, hey, just make up your background and... Yeah, you know, there's no mechanical was, benefit to it. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was no yeah. mechanical benefit. Now you can actually choose these backgrounds. And some people actually do custom make their own backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, more balanced than others. I mean, there's people <laughs> yeah, out there that only want mechanical benefits from it. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, like, it's something for us to get used to. And there are some benefits. I mean, you do get extra proficiency. You it's do true. Get, you, you do get, like, uh, the... the guild artisan like you get your pick of your choice of artisan tools and you have you know back backing of the guild things like that there's also a variant in that to be a merchant yeah a guild merchant so you know all of those things and you gain some type of proficiency sometimes it's already picked for you or you have a small list to pick from uh and you know that it's always nice to have more proficiencies i mean not everybody can be a rogue (coughs) you could but there's just no fun in that. Cause. Yeah, but if you only ever play a rogue in a party of rogues, eventually that's gonna uh, it's gonna wear a little thin. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's true, but also that's where an interesting concept comes in. Your background doesn't have anything doesn't have to have anything to do with the character you're playing right now. No. Yeah. Like if you have a soldier back or a soldier character, like a character is a straight up fighter. He you know no magic, no nothing. He could still have. I know I harp on a lot of the acolyte background where he was raised by the church. Doesn't mean he's a cleric. Or this thief character has a noble background, and then you're segueing into something like Robin Hood, mm-hmm. where he was, you know, a nobleman turned thief over time. Um, but also, a lot of the one of the most thing or one of the things, sorry, one of the things they harp on the most about backgrounds that people tend to forget really quickly is the what is it like the the flaw the bond oh your yeah. ideals yeah your, your ideals, ideals. Are, yeah. and I think that is a great role playing tool it's something to help remind you why you are that background or why you be, were that background yeah and you know your flaw doesn't only have to be you know I get drunk at the tavern every night no like, there's, there's more flaws no, than that they, they're actually really useful they actually yeah. did a really good job of going through all of the backgrounds and giving you things that would kind of fit into that archetype like for the soldiers you know you have your ideals or like Family means everything to me, you know. <clears throat> I'll stand by my comrades in arms, all the way down to like more cowardice options of, you know, if there's a fight, I'm the first one looking for a way out. It actually takes the time to run the full gamut all the way down. It yeah. gives you were you a brave soldier or were you kind of like a bad soldier? Or were you just a soldier? And yeah. that's that's my example, but it's in everything. It's in uh <clears throat> Excuse me. It's an acolyte. It's in criminal. It's in street urchin. It's oh, yeah. in uh, God, what does someone always forget? The really big one that I always forget. Well, there's it's like the, sage uh, and outlander. I don't think we not mentioned outlander, yeah. but what's the other folk hero? Folk hero. Folk yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a cool backstory. Folk hero is actually one the one that I feel like has the most flavor to it. Yeah, I wanted to roll up a warlock, like warlock fighter. Because that's what it was. He was like a militia fighter and ended up coming into contact with some eldritch artifact. And he had the folk hero background because he became this great warrior afterward and nobody knew why. Okay, that's yeah. badass. Stop there. No, you can't have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, like going back to what you were talking about, you know, your background doesn't have to be what you are now. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Billy in the Elder Storm campaign, 
I chose the urchin background, but if you have to look at like what he became even before the campaign started, he was actually more of a charlatan. Which yeah. is another background setting. Yeah, like, yeah. Because of how, you know, Billy was this, you know, he'd go around like swooning, you know, ladies of lords and stuff oh. and, you know, take their money because, you know, he's a rogue. <laughs> a That's rogue what they do. that wanted to be a bard. Who'd have ever seen that coming? Well, I couldn't play an instrument, so I just... <clears throat> is that our excuse? Use my tongue for other techniques. But wow. He's not a singer. <laughs> yeah. He was just a couple of words. The cunning language, you might say? Yeah, pretty much. I wouldn't go so far. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's that's just, that's the glorious side of it. And, you know, we've only touched on a few, and there's there's very specific ones also, like based around Room being from particular houses. Yeah. And oh, God, yes, there's like that. so many in the uh, supplemental yeah. guides. Like, there is there is a wealth of background options to choose from. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall a time, even <clears throat> with some of my more out-there custom-made characters, like the characters I've specifically designed to be a little bit different, Never had to invent a background for them. Right. Yeah. I, I could always find something somewhere <laughs> that I could plug in and it fit. I guess the yeah. reason that I don't get so deep into backgrounds all the time is because usually... I'm going to bend your ear for a second. Yeah. The way 5th edition is set up mechanically, they give you backgrounds. And backgrounds from a mechanical standpoint are supposed to explain where you're from, like where did you learn your skills that you're proficient in. Yeah. So in 5th edition, they kind of took the reins a little bit because let's face it third edition was just wide open and fourth edition was a tabletop MMO yeah yeah that they took the opportunity to rein it in and kind of help direct especially new players people yeah. that have never touched a TTRPG people that have never really heard of Dungeons and Dragons they did that to give you the opportunity to kind of be led fluidly but naturally through the creation process and I love that I love that they did that work yeah. That being said, I'm mm-hmm. stubborn. <laughs> yeah. So when I say that I picked a character background, it's because I play the types of characters usually that my background doesn't really matter so much. I'll give them information as in, he was a soldier. She was a soldier. They were a soldier if you're a monster or a race, whatever. Anybody and everybody can play D&D and it's lovely. <laughs> But I never needed the extra oomph to get there. Yeah. So to me, my characters always weren't necessarily ashamed of their past and like tried to hide it. It's just, what does it really add to the story? Like, Why do you need to know that I was a soldier and in this particular battle I ran messages from the front line back and forth? Like, To me, being more of a power gamer, it doesn't offer any real tangible mechanical benefits in that sense. Yeah. So a lot of the times I'll put it away. That being said... Like with Elias that I'm using in the Elder Storm, I took the criminal background and I took the spy master variant because I thought it was more interesting. So Elias is a warlock who is essentially the world's greatest spy. That's his whole shtick. He's a lot like the character Archer in the sense that he will tell pretty much anybody that he's the world's greatest spy. In fact, making him a terrible spy. But that's not the point. The point is you can't convince him. He's neurotic. And I play that character... To the T. Yeah. It's not much of a stretch either. Oh, no, not at all. I'm insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the the beautiful thing we need to remember is just because you choose that background doesn't mean as a player you're not going to evolve past that and decide, you know, five, ten sessions in, you know, you're destined to last that long. This character, you know, he's not defined by his background. I want to play him a little bit differently. This feels more natural, and it goes off from your background. Oh, well, you haven't really lost anything. You just grow. Right. 
Yeah. Well, even your D&D characters should be like characters in any literature or even in real life. You should expect growth over the course of their life. You're Just because you started off as a no-good rogue and you're a street tough and that's all you've ever known doesn't mean that you can't grow up and be a sophisticated thief. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I only rob the 1%. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I, you should see character growth. Yeah, and I and I'm glad like you bring up a lot of those points and stuff, and like going back to what you were talking about with like, you just don't see the benefit. Like you want to see more mechanical benefits right. from it and things That's, like that. That's a nitpick, like, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, you do have the the added like proficiency skills and some tools mm-hmm. that gets from it, things like that. That's also like, how do you do that as a DM, right? Like DMs have to make it worth it. Like why don't you know you got to find ways to work with that. Right. Like what we've done in Elder Storm campaign, you know, V here has actually, you know, worked with you and allowed you to do spy stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's worked with Billy and, you know, brought in the guild and I'm trying to make it more friendly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the Thieves Guild has been prevalent and things like that and like it's But you're giving us stuff to work off of. Is exactly, yeah. And that's how you make it worth it as a DM with backgrounds. Yeah. Is you have to kind of you have to bring something to that. If someone wants to put in that time and build a background, it's not just, oh, well, I got two extra skills that I got proficiency in. Cool. whoop de do To kind of piggyback off of that as well, you are probably the most active DM out of the three of us, if nothing else. I'll pose this to you. And you're, you're a stand-in for this. I'm not really mad at you. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. clears throat> My question is, is, again, the soldier. It says in the soldier's description that no matter what your job was, you have proficiency with land vehicles. Okay. When is the last time I saw a land vehicle? Yeah. When is the last <laughs> time I had an opportunity to hop on an armored cart <laughs> and just pedal my ass through the streets? You know what I'm saying? Like, some of the proficiencies you get could be worked in an interesting way. And are you telling me that a peasant, even a guy who grew up as a peasant farmer who became a ranger or something like that right. and necessity couldn't jump on a wagon and tell the horses you know mush I know it's not what you tell horses yeah. but you get and the that's, and that's not that's <laughs> not the thing though That's and that's the problem I'm a soldier I'm supposed to be trained I have proficiency in land vehicles a six year old peasant has probably seen somebody pull the only thing on a wagon that you can pull <laughs> yeah. to stop it <laughs> I yeah, think it like would be that's more a like very interesting. We're not dealing with like Humvees and MRAPs and shit, okay? Uh, that really is a be. we and, could, but yeah. somebody doesn't <laughs> let me be ridiculous. <laughs> I really think that is a discussion for another day because that goes into how powerfully your DM focuses on skills. Because you know, if you're trying to take a like you said, a big armored cart that's like okay, you trap big game to sell to this great king who right. runs a circus. You have a living monster inside this big armored cart, and you've got to take it through this mountain pass. Well, most of you would be like, all right, cool, looks good to me, let's go over the pass. But that one person who has proficiency in land vehicles goes, uh, I'd wait a week. And you're like, no, nah, we're good, and then you suddenly you get snowed in. Can you complain? Yeah, no. it might just be your DM being <clears throat> a DM, but at the same time... Well, that's what that proficiency right. is for. But that requires yeah. you to have a DM that really wants to get into the minutiae and actually explore exactly. everything that they've given us to play with. Which is extraordinarily hard. Don't feel bad if you're failing. I'm not miserably. Because yeah. even myself, being a hardcore third edition brat, because yeah. that's where I grew up, that's where I made my meat. Yeah. It works. Yeah. They actually took a lot of stuff away off the table between 3rd and 5th edition and refined it. Yeah. So yeah. we don't need 200 supplemental guides for $30 a piece. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
I think I own 60 of them still. It's outlandish. Oh, yeah. uh, we, between the three of us, own over 100 supplemental guides for third edition. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. At about $30 a pop for the cheap ones. Yeah. yeah. Especially once they have discontinued. But, yeah. And that's the thing I was saying. Is you, have, you need a DM that's going to give you those opportunities to work with all the things. And yeah. the reason I brought up third edition, other than I'm a sellout, is that <clears throat> they did take all that stuff and refine it. Yeah. We don't have 75 skills anymore, including 10 that only rogues can learn. Yeah. yeah. And the skills are refined, everything else is refined, but they're still giving you so much information to work with as a DM in 5th edition that honestly, I'm a little jealous of when I started playing the game. I kind of yeah. wish that I had started in 5th edition because it seems a lot more complete from a player's handbook sense. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, there's it's, so it's, much more to go off of. Yeah, it's, it's, there's so much more, because they simplified everything, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. They went back, They went back like, you know, we're talking about backgrounds today. I mean, you look at that, like, they added something there. They did such a simple version of it. You know, we pretty much went over all that they started out with in the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. Actually, we did go over everything that they did in the player's handbook. And, like, just those alone cover so much, and it makes it so much easier as a new player. Yeah. Like, coming in as a new player now is so much better, and DMs need to kind of, you know, jump into that and be like, okay, hey, look, guy, look, this is, or, you know, whoever, check this out. Like, these are backgrounds. Like, you don't have to do much work. Ah, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know how to build this character. Right. Well, take a look at a few of these backgrounds. See what you would like. Yeah. You know? Look at these different, you know, playable races. You don't have to throw a bunch of supplementals at them and stuff. And we do have really good ones. Yeah. That's what I like is supplementals this time around are like... like Actually Tasha's, worth the time and money. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Tasha's Cauldron's coming out <clears throat> next week. And Tasha's... It, it's, it's like getting a... Talisman Warlock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Genie Warlock. Genie Warlock. I'm excited about that. I was say, yeah, Jolly yeah. here is a... He's a fangirling over that one. And actually, genies yeah. are my favorite monsters, period. So, oh, yeah, I'm going yeah. to, like, super fangirl over it and, like, you know, just genasi on top of that. Just go full on. I mean, even if, it. you know, <laughs> I have not yet played a fighter in 5th edition. I've played really? a cleric. I've played a paladin. I've played, played a couple of clerics, actually. I've played a paladin. And... I started a warlock, and I think we only ever went like one right. one episode into that mm-hmm. one, but and a barbarian, the same same situation. Still loved it though. And but I think my favorite upcoming class, just as a tangent, sorry about that, you guys, is the Rune Knight. Because I saw the Unearth oh. Arcana for it, it was so bad to the bone. And they I said I was completely they, disappointed in the Rune Knight from <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I think it was just I love that you know. I'm a stickler for history. I love things being a little bit more realistic, and I know that the depiction of Norsemen, of Vikings, is way over the top, but I love the -the over-the-top depiction. Oh, yeah. And that's what these guys remind me of, is the -the over-the-top giant and god-worshipping warriors who jump off of a longboat and go raiding. That's what that reminds me of, and I just, oh. So it tickles your fancy. Indeed. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing that we brought up Tasha's Cauldron, because... It's also bringing in more backgrounds as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it also is bringing in actual set rules for customizing backgrounds. I had heard that, yeah. yeah. I, think I, mean, the, the, I mean, the you know, Player's Handbook and a few others teach you how to do it a little bit, yeah. but it's not like a... It's a little vague, thing. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's not a whole lot of, yeah, just, you should follow these rules when doing this so you don't make something horrifically overpowered, yeah, you're not yeah. making a second class. Yeah, I don't oh, mean, you mean just, fifth edition in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's still some more guidance in there, and, like... Tosh's Cauldron and everything, it's like getting a PC expansion. 
And when it comes to backgrounds is getting that added thing there, getting that extra customization. That's what's gonna, yeah, that's what's gonna help build, you know? And for players, you know, we've gone through multiple episodes at this point. We've talked about finding inspiration. We've, we've talked about making campaigns and everything else. Like, backgrounds are such a huge part of that. Session zero, backgrounds go right back into that because that's when yeah. you're doing it. And it all comes into session zero, communication. Always talk to your DM about it because your DM might have a pretty yeah. good idea. I mean, me and you, I don't know, we've talked for, I think when you said that you were building the other Storm campaign, I was immediately talking to you about, hey, man, I was thinking of building this character. I think you were, yeah. <laughs> we sat down from pretty much day one to try to figure out how to put your character into that world and it yeah. just happened to fit. So we're like, yeah, plug it. Yeah. Let's take this opportunity yeah. to talk about that for a moment. <laughs> this oh guy was immediately excited and did his due diligence. Yeah. He was excited about characters. He was talking to his DM. He's like, this is what I want to build. Or what about this? Or what about that? Meanwhile, I came up with my character five minutes before the game started. And it worked out pretty well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elias is kind of a badass. I really love the character. But um, don't wait till the last minute for yeah. all of you. Some of us are really good at it. Yeah, and it, sometimes it doesn't work out. No, no, no. I've had many, many, many last-minute failures. But that being said, I've had enough wins to put me in the positive column. Oh, yeah, that's true. And mind you, we like all me. grew up together. So if it if it declares any amount of the love and trust I have for these gentlemen, I've still never seen his character sheet. Yeah. Never once. He keeps it just within the line of crazy plausible. That I'm like, all right, let's just roll with it. Let's see if it works. In my defense, I don't have a character sheet. I actually have Elias's notebook that I write everything down in. That is true. I, I like, also yeah. keep track of all of the notes. Anytime we're sent out on a mission, I that write also it down. True. Yeah. I am doing just fine. You don't need to see it. He's doing, he's doing a third of my job, so I'm not complaining <laughs> oh, that it's hard. hard. It's all give and take, guys, yeah. okay? Your DM's going to give you some stuff. You yeah. got to give your DM some stuff, okay? Yeah, and just a little side note, just for tips for players out there and groups out there, probably shouldn't make your rogue the pack mule. You might not get <laughs> um, Every magic item I've ever given them that they are not directly using is on this guy right now. He's the dodge tank, the pack mule, Listen, the Listen, some people thought it couldn't be done in 5th edition, but we have proved front and center that an inquisitive rogue is a dodge tank in 5th edition. Oh, it's possible. It can be done. You can output some good damage as well. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, right now you're doing, and before you didn't have any defensive yeah. magic items, did you? No, but we've kind of built no. a... Uh, yeah, I was no, say, I, I think I've given you some. I ended up with like a cloak of protection. Yeah, but that was like that was like things. the second to last yeah, yeah, session. So. That wasn't even... For the first 10 sessions, you didn't have anything extra. Yeah. It was just him being a bamf over here. We yeah, ended you know, up in a good position, okay? I don't recommend it for anybody else, but we've done pretty well so far. We've done pretty well so far with having a super squishy... Party. We've only got yeah. three. We've only got three players at the table, yeah. and we've yeah. got a warlock, a rogue, and a ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you're, I don't think your ranger's ever taken damage because he's always six hundred feet away from the combat. Yeah, the ranger is a minotaur, and instead of using a crossbow, he uses essentially a deck cannon. <laughs> yeah, I gave him a ballista. Yeah. Thinking, it's a ballista. We'll, yeah. we'll just let him have fun, and he's nice. having fun. Oh, that yeah. is true. But then I realized the. Problem. The, the problem I created. Well, I don't you know, think it's a problem. problem. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it is for me, not for them. Yeah, As anytime a you try a homebrew, that's I mean that's just test. You know. Yeah. See, well, this yeah. is a test run campaign anyway. So when you start seeing this stuff, you're going to see some weird stuff happening. Just roll with it. 
Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good. I, and we're turning this into like one big promotional, but we are really excited about it. Yeah, but and we are talking about backgrounds yeah. as well. Yeah, that's true. Sidebar. That's the background of the characters. Exactly. We'll see. see, you can always relate see, the reason back he to had learning. a big cannon was because he was a hunter. Yeah. Big game yeah. hunter. That's right. That's why they the big yeah. gun. His yeah. background influenced his character's weapons. Yeah. yeah that's You're true. Welcome. Actually, yeah. It was kind of a, it was almost like a custom one because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think Big Game Hunter is actually exists. He might have chose something else, but we're reflavoring we're it as Big Game Hunter. Yeah, it's, what the, Hunter yeah. it's what the player wanted. Yeah. The player talked to the DM yeah. about it. The two of them worked it out amicably. I mean, it's not a and broken everybody's thing. having fun. It's not like he's murdering Terrescue every other weekend or something like that. Terrasque, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> I got the reference. I like yeah. Terrascure. That's pretty good. Uh, he's, I've never had he does before, a bunch of damage, but it's a slow rolling thing, so it works. It's a little meaty. I don't know how I got stuck here with you too. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, Many years ago, but we are going to start to roll into our first break. Uh, hey. And I get to take over the reins. It's my rant day. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, but before we do that, I want you all of you that's on YouTube is actually looking at our beautiful faces right now. Please don't. In glorious color. Yeah. Go ahead and look away quickly and hit the like button. Clobber. Come on. I'm not doing it on camera. You gotta oh, get it on camera. Oh, <laughs> I and stole it. Crush. Crush. That notification bell. And uh, also, guys, hey, you, you really like what you're seeing so far. You want to see more of the three of us as well. Uh, we have that Patreon link there for you to help us out directly. If you like shirts like these, okay, we, have, we actually have a more updated that one with the cool. symbol that you see for the podcast. It's a hoodie, a little zip hoodie. It's actually kind of nice. Uh, yeah, a couple other things there. You got an exactly shirt. You got a I no, do. no. That shirt says exactly. Yeah, exactly like you say. Exactly like I on say. on purpose. Yeah, it's it great. was not a typo. <laughs> yeah, I did it on purpose. This is life for us. Just <laughs> yeah. arguing. Yeah. Welcome back but, to herding cats. Yeah. Much. <laughs> yes. Herding, yeah. not hurting. Herd, yeah. like to lead. Yeah. I actually like. Let's cats. be careful also, about talking about herding cats on the yeah. yeah we don't much. need any tennis rackets right now. Yeah. No. And, well, you know, once you check out the Teespring and all that, also, today is Veterans Day. Yeah. So, you know, guys, is. make sure you go out there. I'm actually going to try and put some links for some different organizations out there. Uh, maybe you can go to help support them out. Maybe see what they're doing. Hell yeah. You know, go out and physically do something if you can't give the money to do it. No. But, you know, hey, you know, help take care of a few veterans, man. It's always nice. Show them some love. Yeah. They could always use it. And, hey, you know, that's a background, too. So maybe you can learn a few things, play your own character. It'd be really nice, and hey, a lot of them guys will play too. Yeah, you never know. You know, I mean, I do, but I'm only like partially one. You're partially a D and D player, or partially a veteran D and D player. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm a veteran of the uh, the Gods of Storm campaign. Yeah, yeah, guys, just go ahead. Happy Veterans Day to all you veterans that do listen, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Today's my little player rant. And it's kind of a... Well, it's kind of a serious thing to me. It's about the variant critical success rule. I would say the variant critical rule, but let's just face it. DMs don't like it when you have to go both sides and balance it, right? 
I mean, I have to confirm that 20, but if I roll a 1, I better take it. And it's not that fun. It's not that great. Stop using it. It's 5th edition now. I get it. It's existed in past versions, past editions of the game. But we don't have time for this anymore, alright? I don't want to confirm my critical. I got a 5% chance to roll that. I'm already excited, jumping around the table, skipping up and down, squilling my heart out. And you're like, oh, by the way, you got to confirm that? Come on, man. That's not how it goes. So please, for all things that are holy and, well, everything else, because we can't just focus on clerics here. Just stop. Stop making me do confirms. It's a hard enough time to do it. I get it. You think player characters are gods after level 10 or level 15. How about this? Take this little thing called a monster manual, which, you know, we've been doing a series on anyways, and find some new creatures. There's actually some things in there that can't even take a critical hit. Do some work. Stop being so lazy. If you think your player characters are too strong, put us in environments that we can't be as efficient in. That's all that I really got today. I know it's not as tense as usual, but the hat did come off. So I'm going to come back with Wolfe and V, and we're going to do our Monster Manual A through Z and finish up the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to For Whom the Bell Trolls. It trolls for thee. I'm your best friend and lover, Wolfe, and joined always by my best friend and lover, D. Oh, oh he got him this time. <laughs> oh. Almost caught him slipping. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Wolfe, this is Jolly, and this is V. Hi. And we are back now, and V is actually going to take us through the world of learning, Yeah. because knowledge is magic. Yeah, it's our... Magic is wonderful. Oh, yeah. And it's our, it's our Monster Manual A through Z, and next up we have... Well, right now. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was by you. Animated <laughs> objects. Yeah. Well, okay, so what do you got to say about the animated objects there? Uh, I think they're really cool, in all honesty. I mean, you get a couple of examples here in the Monster Manual. Your animated armor, uh, flying sword, and the rug of smothering, which I think is just delightfully devious. Oh, yeah. Um... And honestly, they are exactly what they sound like. They are mundane objects of everyday origin, pretty much brought to life by spells. They can be blessed, or not blessed, sorry. They can be enchanted <laughs> to activate with yeah. certain triggers, to have things like uh, pre-recorded messages or phrases. You know, they can challenge people with riddles for the animated armor. Uh, you walk into an estate and you try to steal something and all of a sudden the swords fly off the wall and try to attack you because that's their defense force. It's things like that. Um, special qualities. Well, for instance, the animated armor here is an immunity to poison and psychic, which makes sense because it doesn't have a brain. That makes perfect sense because it's not a body. <laughs> yeah. Okay, two questions. Yes. One, 
how long does an animated object stay animated? Like, if you cast the spell on it to animate it. <clears throat> as far as I can tell in the monster manual, until it dies, essentially. Okay, dies. so yeah. this isn't necessarily the same magic as, like, a spellcaster's animate objects. No, I think this is supposed to be a much so, more powerful so spell. So, similar outcome, mm. but different way of getting there. Yes. Okay, yeah. I got you. Well, question number two was, as a fighter, can I enchant my armor to be animated and have it run behind me on the battlefield? Until it finally catches up with me in, like, a super cool Marvel MCU-style battle sequence? I don't know. I was thinking more of like a trauma suit. So if you like, you get hurt somehow in the armor, the armor could just like listen. (laughs) Every RPG exists only to let me live out my dreams of being Iron Man. Okay, he has a suit of armor that flies onto him and encapsulates him. I just wanted to know if this was along the same lines. We're not talking about artificers. (laughs) Yeah, no, but well, yeah, you know, but there are some pretty cool things about the animated armor, anyways. I mean, I'm pretty sure it states in there that you know, uh, you know, you can actually put like warning messages along. Well, this is also highly topical because someone may or may not have ranted in the last few minutes about finding creatures that don't have, like, they're immune to critical hits. Yeah. And that was a long-standing thing. Like, it'll even tell you if the creature is immune to critical hits or it does not have a discernible anatomy, like the gelatinous cubes and things like that. So there, there's topical reference for you. It goes yeah. right back to it. You can't yeah. credit if it can't be credited. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they brought it over this time. I, well, 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 maybe we should ask the guy with the book. Yeah. <laughs> what are we asking? Sorry. Right. Well, yeah, he was specifically... Oh, great tome of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has a ton of conditional immunities. You know, like, immunities to certain conditions. Right. Blinded, charmed, deafened. The whole actual range it seems to have. Yeah. I mean, these are also considered constructs, so they don't need air, food, or water to survive. Ah. So, if your castle sank in the bottom of the swamp, and you gotta go somehow diving down into it to find some ancient lost treasure, guess what? You know, your rug of smothering as you're swimming through the hallway and brush up against it. It could wrap you up and send you to your watery demise. Oh my god, that's terrible. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, I was gonna say, that's a great way to I had a great idea there. <laughs> yeah. And each of them have their own strengths and weaknesses. Like the, uh, the animated armor here has an armor class. I believe it's actually fairly high. I'm sorry, I'm a, such a scrub. I've lost it. Yeah. It has a natural armor of 18. Oh, that's actually that's really good. That's really yeah. good. Especially if you're like a challenge armor? rating... F- Three or four? A challenge rating one. Excuse me. So an animated (laughs) suit of armor is a challenge rating one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think... It's a full suit of walking plate mail armor. Yeah, I think it and the Rug of Smothering are about the same. Uh, Rug of Smothering has a much lower AC, but yeah, it's a challenge rating two. two. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, but that's something that's like a devious trap. You're walking down a hallway you're not supposed to be in, and since it's not the owner of the hallway, this big, long, ornate rug, you know, rolls you up and smothers you. So what you're telling me is is that I can make a much darker version of Aladdin. Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think that's actually suggested in here. Like, it's very commonly used to trick people into thinking it's a flying carpet. Uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have heard that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Being placed in and like, hey, yo, there's a flying carpet here. And then you jump on it and you go to say a command word and it wraps you up. You're not flying anywhere. That or you happen Fly! (laughs) You have this wonderful derelict castle that's been overtaken by molds and oozes and whatnot, and that, you know, that gray ooze over there, it happens to be deeply acidic. It does away with a bunch of your people's weapons and armor. They're desperately looking around. Ooh, longsword, you know, sitting there, and they grab it, and all of a sudden they start flying up and whacking them. You know, you're... 
I saw that happen to someone once, yeah. but it was a broom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to mention from the past, I know this is not 5e, and I know it may be written in one of the supplemental guides. We were talking about that before. Oh, okay. Is this used to be a template that you could lay over just about anything. Yeah. And with a creative DM, you could still do that. Yeah. Like I said, I honestly don't know if it's been introduced to this one or not, but bear in mind, anything. Like, I remember in 3.5... It looked like an evil Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it was yeah. a candlestick. It was a terrifying candelabra. <laughs> yeah. It was coming to life. And I'm like, imagine what you could do with that. Yeah. You know, pile of tiny uh, tiny objects, all animated, sitting there just waiting for someone to walk by. And then somebody walks by the table and brushes a piece of silverware. And all of a sudden, all the silverware stands up and the plates stand up and start hurling themselves at them. You could beat down even a fairly strong character with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and just like with the flying sword as well, it says flying sword, but that could really be any weapon. It's just maybe the sword yeah, is exactly. actually, it's, you know, sword is more commonly used. But, I mean, it could be an axe. It could be a bow, which I don't want a bow flying around. Well, maybe maybe if the arrows don't fly with it, eh. then it's kind of useless. But well, listen, <laughs> I'm just over here, like, theory crafting about how I could remake Disney's Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast right. with animated objects. I was talking to Jolly about that earlier. Somebody made a D&D one-shot that I saw, and that was their inspiration, was Disney's Beauty and the Beast. And they were trying to <laughs> slow down this group of adventurers, and they had to go through a whole castle of animated objects to get to the guy at the end. Yeah. And it was just, it was devious, because nobody expected it until it started happening, and then you'd walk into a room with nothing in it, but everyone's still on edge, like, where are they? Yeah. Just when you think it's safe, Disney or D&D, somebody's already done it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and these are like some really, really good ideas based around just these items, like that rug of smothering, like hiding it as a flying carpet. So, you know, uh, you know, having these different weapons that are flying. You know, hey, like you said, you know, I got to pick it up, and all of a sudden it's attacking me. And then also with the animated armor, you can do other things. It doesn't even have to be an enemy. No. Like there are some that are so well, like the spell is done so well, they can actually carry on a conversation, right, with the party. So maybe it's a protector of a certain area and it's been left there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, th- these things are really useful. And a lot of people look at it like, oh, well, this is a, you know, <laughs> the, the rug of smothering is a CR2. The flying sword is a, you know, it's a quarter challenge rating. And then you have a challenge rating one, like, oh, that's not too much. These things can still be devastating to a party because they're unexpected. Yeah. You know, this Jeez. isn't like a normal trap. Your rogue's not going to walk up to a rug of smothering. How do you figure out, though, that it's a rug of smothering? Well, magic users. Yeah. They can detect the magic around it. And look at it this way. DMs can stop being lazy and only using the same ten different creatures for every encounter. Because you look at this and go, oh, it's just a rug. Oh, it's only a CR2. Oh, it's, it's a fun little trap to put in there. It's no big deal. You can legitimately harangue the shit out of your party (laughs) with just a smothering carpet (laughs) and a flying sword and unanimated suit of armor. You can create so much nightmare fuel for your players that you could really give them a memorable encounter because you're doing your diligence and you're actually reading your manuals and you're using your imagination to make the game better for everyone, including yourself. I would giggle. Like a six-year-old schoolgirl. Yeah. If one of you got trapped in a smothering rug that I put in a room. Right now, I have one thing running through my mind because it tells you specifically, don't think that it's just these big, beautiful, ornate places that had this. It could be a rush mat and a, yeah. and a, 
um, I was about to say a hobbit's hovel. No, in a peasant's hovel. So I could just imagine someone walking through like a semi-Neolithic community and all of a sudden they get bound up by a rush mat and there's two clubs bashing them as they go along because the, yeah. the rug is is restricting their movement. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. And that just, would be a perfect defense for a poor household, you know? How they would get they, magic, yeah. I don't know. But well, listen, hey. things yeah. just have a habit of traveling, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, so, but so now we've learned that you've either got to be afraid always of it being an animated object or a mimic. You're welcome. Yeah. Always be afraid. Now, what's this with the uh, anti-magic, like... Uh, I was going to ask if they had any special abilities or if they were essentially just whatever basic item was enchanted. I was going to say, but you got to remember, these kind of are just... They're enchanted item pluses. Gotcha. They function, but as soon as you put them in an anti-magic field, a beholder's eye or anything, they're just going to hit the ground. They just turn into normal objects at that point in time. Okay. So... It has its ups and downs. So if you have a clever wizard, he can quickly, or credit for sorcerer, they can quickly overcome this problem. Yeah. But it's if good. not... Yeah, it's going to cost I a can... good spell slot, though, because, I mean, dispel magic or something similar to yeah, that, you're, like, you're spending... Level. Yeah, you're spending something to kind of shut this down as well. I can just kind of see, like, an older, like, a PC wizard, like an old kind of a stumbling wizard archetype that carries around a smothering rug... And uses it as a mind detector to find uh, anti-magic fields. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, every once in a while, oh, things seem weird. What do you have, Gertrude? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hang on a second. I got my... Bro- it's not trying to strangle me. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it on occasion. It's growls and like wriggles on his back. It's like, what do you have in that rug? <laughs> What's in the bag? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. And it says here, false appearance. I think that is an awesome... Ability here. While the sword, in this instance, the flying sword, remains motionless and isn't flying, it is indistinguishable from a normal sword. So outside of detect magic, you can't even perception check your way through it. Yes, exactly. And that's something that appears on each one of the... Yes. Like the the armor, the sword, and, well, the rug as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they all have the pretty much the same anti-magic. I think this is a different one with, like, the damage transfer on the rug of smothering as well. Uh Yeah. Damage transfer. While the rug Uh is grappling another creature, the rug takes only half the damage dealt to it, and the creature uh, grappled by it, English, sorry, the rug takes the other half. Now, that works out perfectly with the wicker rug wrapping someone up and the two clubs bashing them, because even then they're not even hurting the rug all that badly. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Now, granted, now if you're if you're a player watching this and you're like, wow, like my DM's going through, like these things can get kind of nasty. Just know, like they don't have a whole lot of hit points. They are the average nuisances. Yeah, you're you're getting over forty HP with any one of these, on average, and like, and once you get them to zero, they're done. Like yeah, they, they just fun. turn back to terrible items and don't think for half a second. Well, I I made the sword drop, so now I'm gonna pick it up and sell it. You're gonna get like maybe a copper piece. It's literally, sword. It's literally like, just a sword or just yeah. a rug or just a suit of armor. Which yeah, 1500 gold for a suit of plate well, mail. You might want to take the enchanted plate mail with you guys. Yeah, well, it even specifically says here that when once you drop it at zero hit points and it falls down like that, it's not even it's. It's kind of like what he mentioned, like a mundane. Well, it's, it has like hardly any value. It's not even worth the same as something of its type. Well, for the for the DMs out there, remember that these are enchanted items. So they will most likely... Magic has the habit of preserving things far beyond their normal lifespan and far outside of the realm of how they'd normally survive. Normal ferrous metal swords and armor would rust in most situations. You have to meticulously ma- maintain them. Rogs will rut over... T- or, 
<laughs> rugs will rot <laughs> over time Sorry. and no, unweave. So once you destroy the magic in these items, uh, who's to say this isn't just going to crumble to dust? Okay, or... so what you're saying is like it could have been a 300-year-old sword yeah. that someone put a BS, like low magic enchantment spell on and made it animated. And like you said, you know, you defeat it, it falls on the floor. Well, now suddenly it's going to show its age. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what, okay. That yeah. that's a better explanation. I, yeah. I needed to wrap my head around that yeah. to understand. Oh no, and it's it's definitely useful <clears throat> for you know DMs in a sense because we do make this segment for DMs. Yeah, and it, like, it is useful for you to understand that because then you don't have to worry about oh well crap man I'm gonna give them another something to use like yeah it might not be a rugged smothering does it still still doesn't mean you can't smother somebody with it. Yeah, I mean that's gonna look well, dark. I but you could <laughs> you can smother anyone with anything. Yeah, it's D and D. Yeah, so. But, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good coverage for that. Yeah, just remember, these are these weapons are not going to take down a high-level party. These items are not going to take down a high-level party. They're meant to be used more creatively than anything. Because, like Jolly pointed out, they don't have a ton of hit points. They usually don't have a ton of armor class outside of the armor. They're fairly slow. So, use creatively. Oh, I yeah. can dig it. Oh, yeah. I definitely enjoy it. And Thanks, you know, Uncle V, for reading us this oh, story. Oh, yeah, man. I loved having V here today, actually. So Hopefully V will be here a little bit more. Oh, yeah, and it's definitely going to be great. And uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, we'll he was be, great. I love yeah. him. Oh, yeah, no, Wolf A will be good. Guess I'm right there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, something in his eye. So, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we really did. There's really not much more to go about with backgrounds. I mean, we covered yeah, we backgrounds we kind of successfully uh, bullshitted our way through this episode, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, we did a really good job, as usual. You know, we Naturally. start off with something, and we uh, make it sound we really good. covered the topic. 7 yeah. out of 10, passing grade. Good oh, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. We, yeah. we passed it. We're yeah, there. This is all yeah. just fluff. You're welcome. Yeah, so with that being said, guys, please jump in the comments. Let us know, you know, well, what your favorite background is. Or maybe, you know, maybe there was a background that we missed that you really enjoy and that you might want us to miss. Or maybe there's something you want about the new episodes. Also, guys, jump in, that, jump in the content there. Tell me what makes you excited about Trolls, about Trolls Under a Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> what do and you the, like about us? <laughs> what do you like about us? That is actually a good thing. But also, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. What has you excited? For us, it's the... Massive amount of subclasses and you know, group patrons and sidekicks is also coming in. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, I'm just excited to have another giant book that I'm not gonna read, but I need to know all the information. Yeah, I well, it's gonna look nice. Just have it sitting there, okay? And we oh, get it's more. eye candy. That's yeah. all you guys want, right? Like, yeah, all yeah. flash, yeah. no substance. I yeah. can turn all these books around. I mean, no, am I like reading this yeah. podcast the wrong way? Yeah, and I mean, there's also a lot of spells coming out with it too. So please go ahead and let us know if you're listening to us in podcast format or on. Unlike Spotify and Anchor and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast application you're listening to us on, you know, go ahead, leave us a review, leave us comments. If you're on Anchor, click that voice message button. I would love to be able to play y'all on, you know, our episodes. No, I was just going to let him stumble through that. I wasn't going to yeah. say that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, play y'all. Well, Seriously, guys. I mean, it would also be enjoyable for Patreon, though. I mean, to well, actually I mean, play with really. the fans. You know, you see, I had a point, and then I started talking, and he talked over me, and I forgot everything. Oh yeah, but go ahead, podcasting. <laughs> we love it. Seriously, guys, thanks for viewing us. Thanks for giving us your time and affection. We crave it. It's kind of nice to have. I mean, I don't know. We crave it, but 
some of us are more vain than others. I, I kind of need, I need the admonishments. Yeah. I yeah. live on anonymity. Oh, I definitely enjoy it. That's why he goes by a letter instead of a name. You don't know me. Yeah. I tried to get him to wear a mask the whole time. He was having none of it. <laughs> well, we're already brothers anyways. And besides, hanging out under a bridge, it gets kind of tight. Yeah. So. It's good. Thanks, everybody, so much for watching. Once again, I've been Wolfe. And I'm Jolly. And I'm V. And remember, it trolls for thee. It trolls for thee. Ding.